wiser fellow than myself once said, sometimes you eat the bar, and sometimes the bar while he eats you. Hmm. That's some kind of Eastern thing? Far from it. Welcome to the 84th episode of Egg Timer Philosophy. I'm your host, Eric Rourke, and for today's episode, something from Eastern philosophy, Advaita Vedanta from the Indian philosophical tradition. Before delving into the basic ideas behind Vedantin philosophy, a few quick notes about how the view fits in with Indian philosophy generally will be a good place to start. Advaita Vedanta plays an important role within Indian philosophy, but it wouldn't be accurate to say that it's a mainstream view or even a commonly held view within the Indian philosophical tradition. That tradition reaches back at least 5,000 years and has roughly a dozen major schools of thought. Vedantin views emerged about 3,000 years ago and came about within a larger framework of Indian philosophical ideas that were already well-developed and intertwined within Indian culture. It's also worth pointing out that systems or approaches to philosophy, including epistemology and metaphysics, developed in India are every bit as philosophically complex and interesting as those developed in other parts of the world, including Europe. The most important aspect of Vedanta is that it's a non-dualistic philosophical approach. Ultimately, for the Vedantin, all of reality is one thing. Sometimes this is talked about in terms of Brahman without qualities, and other times to quote Alan Watts, this one thing, all that there ultimately is, is just it. Right away, it might, seem str- it might seem like a strange view to many listeners. It sure doesn't seem like there's only one thing. It seems like there are many different things in the world. But for the Vedantin, this empirical impression of many things is an illusion, or to use a Sanskrit term, maya. It does appear that there are many things, but this appearance is based on illusion. Ultimately, for the Vedantin, there is only a singular itness. Some Vedantins speak about reality, about two realities, an empirical reality that admits of many things and an ultimate reality in which there is only one. This isn't completely far off from Kant's distinction of the phenomena and the noumena discussed back in episode 76. The phenomena represents the world of appearance, that we can grasp through the empirical senses, while the noumena is the thing in itself, what the thing actually is. For the Vedantin, the thing in itself, for everything, is the same. Kant didn't think that people could access the thing in itself, but the Vedantin simply doesn't accept this. For the Vedantin, people can access the thing in itself and understand or grasp ultimate reality. When this happens, the person experiences or understands, there's no great English term of translation here, moksha. Moksha is liberation from illusion or maya. It allows a person a way or path to ultimate reality. And for the Vedantin, this can be done while a person is living in a flesh and blood existence. Those who are able to do this are referred to as the jivimukti, or living enlightened ones. The distinctionless non-dualism of Vedanta is impossible to speak about in a complete way. 
This is because language involves the dualistic elements of subject and object. But just like every other distinction for the Vedantin, those aren't part of ultimate reality. There also can't be some logical proof or even understanding of ultimate reality because logic is dualistic and depends upon distinctions. Logic and language are great tools for a reality that has the difference and distinction, but neither does much for you if it doesn't. A big question for the Vedantin view of reality is why think that there's a non-dualistic ultimate reality at all? It's not like we can ever understand it through the empirical senses or logic or language or the list goes on. Why think it's a thing at all? So here's the Vedantin case. We know that our empirical experiences are prone to error. This is clear with the case of optical illusions, for instance. So everyone already accepts, at least to some degree, Maya within the realm of empirical experience. The Vedantin just carries that basic truth all the way and claims that ultimately all empirical experience is a type of illusion that conceals the oneness of ultimate reality. In Vedantin philosophy, the idea of going beyond imperfection or an imperfect state of experience plays a critical role. We do this all the time when we realize that we've made an error due to an illusion or mistake. We see a shape below us and give it reality, but we later come to realize it was just a shadow. We surpass our previous belief and form a new one that better coheres with reality. This constant process of surpassing the illusion of distinction and difference is the process by which the Vedantin thinks we actually uncover ultimate reality. Elliot Deutsch, a Vedantin scholar, has referred to this as subration. To quote Deutsch, Subration is the mental process whereby one disvalues some previously appraised object or content of consciousness because of its being contradicted by a new experience. And the Vedantin view is that people are capable of subration involving experience until there are no distinctions or differences left. At that point, all a person is able to experience is oneness, or it without a them, or any other point of comparison. That can't be an empirical experience, nor can it, one, nor can it be one that derives from language or logic. Ordinarily, we see a difference in the log before it is burned and after it is burned, or between a person as he grows up from a boy to an old man. But if time is Maya, we are creating a difference from that which is ultimately just process. We miss out on realizing the sameness of everything because we typically think change can make something different. But for the Vedantin, this difference will ultimately always be an apparent one and not an actual one. In the Western tradition, the closest comparison to Vedanta is the beatific vision, the unmediated experience of God. But even this for the Vedantin won't capture ultimately ultimate reality because it's an experience that is still open to separation. In this case, there is a you and a God. There is still difference and distinction in such an experience. And because of this, it can't mark ultimate, ultimate reality under the Vedantin view. For the Judeo-Christian view, what stands in the way of salvation is original sin. 
For the Vedantin, it's original ignorance. The path to escaping this ignorance is to realize that the differences and distinctions we find so commonplace are anything but. Until next time on Egg Timer Philosophy, wishing you good philosophical vibes.